Thank you, Pastor James. Um, happy Sabbath to the online ESDAC family and uh, those who are here uh, in the church. Uh, it's good to be back with you. Uh, the world looks so much different uh, compared to the last time I was here. What a year 2020 has been. I don't think anyone of us will forget 2020. Um, there are some things that happened during this year that we haven't even seen in our lifetime. And there is a word that people use to, to describe this year, and that word is unprecedented. I, I tried to think of another word, but, but I couldn't. Because we, we've just seen some things that we have never seen before. And I know that it has uh, impacted uh, people in, in different ways, but I just, I just feel privileged to be part uh, of, of, of this time, to be living in this time of earth's history. Because I believe that God is, is, is preparing his people for the journey ahead. God is saying to, to, to his people, look, now you have experienced this. Don't be surprised by what will happen further on down the line. So we are living in difficult times, brothers and sisters. But also we are living in exciting times. We are living in significant times in earth's history. But there is a word from the Lord today. And I hope everyone is sitting comfortably, whether you're at home or whether you're at church, because I am going to make you uncomfortable. Amen. Don't worry about that. That's just the title of my message today. But I believe that the Lord has something to say to the church in these unprecedented times. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit to accompany the preaching of your word today. And as we sit at your feet to listen to your word, I pray, Lord, that you will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon your people today. May Jesus be lifted up. May he be seen, may he be felt, may he be heard in every home that is listening to the word today. And may we be drawn closer to you. And so I commit this moment, this time into your hands. And may the preaching of your word be acceptable to you today. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Pastor James, for uh, reading our scripture reading today. Our key text is from Acts 8, uh, 1 to 4, it was Pastor James, 1 to 4. You missed out one of my, one of my verses, but don't worry. <laughs> the, the Bible says, and I'm going to go through it in more detail. The Bible says, and Saul approved of his execution. And as uh, Pastor James says, this is a continuation of Acts chapter 7, which deals specifically with the stoning of Stephen. The deacon, the, the man of God who was, who was full of the spirit of God. And while he was preaching the word of God, he, he began to pray for those who were stoning him. And the scripture says that, that Saul, who became Paul, who was the mighty preacher of the New Testament, the most prolific writer in the Bible, the scripture says that, that Saul was given approval of Stephen's execution. And the Bible says that there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem 
and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Verse 2. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church. In other versions, it says that, 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 that Saul was creating havoc. And he was going from house to house. He was on the rampage. And, and he dragged off men and women and, and committed them to prison. Are, are you following what is happening here? That The scripture says that the church is under severe persecution. And the church is being persecuted by, by someone who eventually is going to be one of the leaders of the church. Everybody should be saying amen right now. Because Saul, who, who became Paul, is a testimony that we shouldn't give up on anybody. If God can take Saul and convert him to be the apostle Paul, then surely there is hope for everyone. Someone listening to me today may be, may be concerned about their children or, or uh, concerned about a spouse, concerned about a loved one, concerned about a relative that you have been praying for. Now, if Saul, who was looking to destroy the church, if God can turn him around and there is hope for all of us here today. I don't care how anti-church or anti-God that that person may be. If, if God can turn Paul around, then he can turn anyone around. So, so the Bible says that, that Paul was going from house to house trying to destroy the church and persecution broke out amongst the believers. People were being thrown into prison. People were being killed. The comfort zone in which the church had found itself was no more. Why? Because persecution began to rip through the church under the leadership of the soon-to-be Apostle Paul. Verse 4. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's my sermon right there, brothers and sisters. I can say amen and sit down on that verse alone, but I know Pastor James is not going to be happy with me. So persecution is happening in the church. And as a result, the church is being scattered. And the Bible says those who were scattered went around preaching the word of God. I don't know how many would agree, but church as we know it is no more. Just listening to Pastor James talking about what's going to happen when uh, the church comes back together, we can clearly see that church as we used to have it is going to be no more. I, I, I don't think anyone would have predicted that a virus would literally shut down the church and, and prevent us from having our normal services. We were in, in church one Sabbath, Pastor James, and, and then the next Sabbath we were at home trying to, trying to figure out what to do next, trying to, to figure out how to continue our ministry. And, and even though we were caught off guard uh, about what is happening, we know that God is never caught off guard. God is, God is not like, oh, uh, my goodness, we're in the middle of a pandemic. What am I going to do with the church now? I, I believe God saw this coming. In fact, I know God saw this coming. God is not surprised or caught off guard by circumstances. He is not caught off guard by what is happening in your life. We serve a God that holds the world in his hands. And so we have to ask the question, God, 
Why would you allow the church to be put in the position that it's currently in? God, why would you take away all the stuff that we enjoy doing as a church? If God wanted to continue doing business or wanted us to continue doing business as usual, he could have allowed us to do that. If if he wanted that to be the case, it would have happened. If God was happy with the way that, that we were doing church, he would have left it in place. If it was effective, if it was according to to his will, he would have preserved it. He would have saved it. He would have kept it. For years, we we have been going around, attending our services, enjoying ourselves, getting filled up with the word of God, getting filled up on our potlucks, doing all of the things, Sabbath school, music and worship teams, our women's ministries, our men's ministries, our youth ministries, our pathfinders, all of the things that make up our church experience. But could it be, brothers and sisters, that God is trying to shift our thinking from from, from what we had previously thought was the way the church should go and, and has now allowed us to be put in a position where we consider church in a completely new light? Could it be that God has allowed this pandemic to happen in order to get our attention, to recognize that perhaps we have become stuck on some things that we need to be unstuck from? Perhaps we have made some things idols. Perhaps we have made things more important than they actually are. Could it be, brothers and sisters, that God is literally positioning the church To recognize that that the work of the church cannot just happen on Sabbaths. That that the work of the church cannot just happen in a church building. That that the work of the church cannot just be done by Pastor James. In in, in Isaiah chapter 1, that the children of Israel had got so caught up in the temple. They they had got so caught up in their worship services at the temple that God was tired of it. God said, I am sick of it. I am sick of your worship. I am no longer hearing your prayers. You offer your worship. You sing your songs and you go through your ceremonies. He said, you're worshiping, but I don't see those uh, who you're ministering to in need. You're worshiping, but I don't see those outside of the temple benefiting from what you're doing inside of the temple. He said, you're worshiping, but you're treating ministry like a program instead of a lifestyle. And the Lord said, it makes me sick. I said, brothers and sisters, I believe that that, that we are in a season where God has literally stripped away all the comforts of the church as we know it. And could it be that God did it on purpose to get us into a different space of ministry, to recognize that we don't go to church, but we are the church. I believe the Lord is making things uncomfortable on purpose. I believe that God is stripping away all of the things that that we have depended on on purpose because God is trying to get us to a place, brothers and sisters, where we're, we're no longer going to church, but where we are the church. God wants us to recognize, brothers and sisters, that church is not somewhere that I show up to. Church is not somewhere that I go, but church is something that I am. I am the church. You are the church. The, the, the church building and, and the institution of the church, all these things will be destroyed when Jesus comes. 
But the thing that will not be destroyed, the thing that will stand forever, the, the, the thing that the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against. He's not talking about buildings and structures. He's talking about a people who is going to be faithful to him, come what may. A, a people that's going to that's gonna, uh, serve him despite the challenges. A people that recognize that their assignment and their calling is not contingent upon them attending a, a, a building, coming to a building one day a week for cer- ceremonies and traditions. But in fact, they recognize that their responsibility and their calling is to preach the gospel. As our commander in chief instructs us to do in Matthew 24 and verse 14, I can find it. Okay, there you go. And as Adventists, we should know this. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. And then the end will come. So who's going to do the preaching, Esdak? Who's going to do the preaching, Esdak? You're going to do the preaching. Let me show you from the Bible what what God is doing in the book of Acts. In in Acts chapter 1, the promise is given of the Holy Spirit. The the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit was was going to be given to the disciples. And watch what he says in Acts 1 and verse 8. The promise is given. What is the promise? Jesus speaking to the disciples said, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. The promise was made by, the, by Jesus to the apostles that they were going to receive power. Life-changing, miracle-working, soul-saving power. And in Acts, we, we, we see that power being manifested in the apostles. So that They're walking and their shadow, Pastor James, is healing people. They, they, they take out their handkerchief. They lay their handkerchief on the sick and the sick are being healed. They're preaching the word of God. And in one day, thousands come to Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, Esdak, but I want that kind of power in my life. But, but, but notice what the, what, what the promise says. It says that you are going to receive this power. And then it says you will be my witnesses. There is no maybe. There is no option here. We're not going to have a church full of dead people. But we're not going to have a church full of people sitting around doing nothing, always listening to sermons, always debating in Sabbath school, doing nothing during the week. This is not God's plan for the church. God's plan was for us to be witnesses. And notice the strategy. He says, start in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the whole world. That was always God's plan, that the message will go global. Because Jesus is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is the desire of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I just want to say this. If there are are churches whose number one desire is not to win souls for the kingdom, then those churches are going to be moved out the way. I'm telling you that as we as we get nearer and nearer to the end of time, God is going to put is not going to put up with lazy churches, with lukewarm churches, churches that are caught up uh, in serving themselves. If, if there are churches that are not concerned with serving the community, 
if, if they are not concerned with ministry outside of the four walls of the church, if they are not interested in saving souls, God is willing to bypass those churches and go outside and look for his disciples like he did with the Apostle Paul. God is not loyal to denomination. God is loyal to relationship. God is loyal to those who obey him, to those who are willing to do his work. There is no loyalty for us simply because our names are on the roll of Esdak. There is no loyalty to us simply because we are baptized members of Esdak. God is looking for a people that have the desire to see people saved. And I'm so happy to hear about those three, uh, you call them superstars, um, who, who took it amongst themselves to, to, to come together and to give Bible study. And now they are, the, 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 the people are being baptized and coming to Jesus Christ. This is the plan of God for us as disciples. I believe God is fed up of churches that are all about us. When we have whole neighborhoods and communities that don't know Jesus Christ. So maybe... Just maybe God is using this pandemic to make the church rethink our purpose. Reconsider why Jesus died for us. Do, do you know or, or do you think that Jesus died for us, rose from the grave, sent the Holy Spirit so that we could be lukewarm? Do, do you think that God sent the Holy Spirit only for our churches to be anemic and powerless? Maybe God said enough is enough. I will allow a pandemic to come and, and shut them down so that they can reconsider what the mission of the church is all about. In Acts, we see something very similar. What happened in the early church? And, and remember, we are talking about a church, brothers and sisters, that is full of the Holy Spirit. Many would argue that, that never was the Holy Spirit more present then at this time when the church was starting off. But even spirit-filled people can get comfortable. The promise was that they will receive the Holy Spirit to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, and the end of the earth. And you know what happened? They got stuck in Jerusalem. They, they got stuck amongst their own people. They got stuck amongst familiar people. They got stuck within the four walls of their churches. They were excited about, uh, about spreading the gospel when they first came to the church. But over time, they began to enjoy the worship. Over time, they began to enjoy the fellowship. Over time, they began to enjoy the potluck lunches. And they became narrow-minded and they weren't going to different dimensions and to different levels and to different places and to different spaces because it is natural for human beings to want to stay where we are. Can I get a witness this morning? And, and, and sooner or later, that the church in Jerusalem lost sight of their mission to go beyond Jerusalem. And so look what God does. God had to send Saul. Someone that was bent on destroying the church. God had to turn his life around. Because if God did not stop Paul and bring him into the church, the church would have never evangelized outside the four walls of Jerusalem. 
And I believe that, that God is going to start bringing some people from the outside to come into the church to do what we should have done. And they're going to have different ideas. They, they're going to have, they're going to do things differently. They, they're going to make some of us uncomfortable because they're not doing stuff in the way that we would do the stuff. That's exactly how the early church viewed Paul. One day he was trying to destroy the church. The next day God was using him to grow the church to the, to the uttermost parts of the world. But the scripture said that they got comfortable in Jerusalem. So what did God have to do? He allowed persecution to come upon the church. Let's look at the text again in Acts 8 and verse 1. And there arose a great persecution against the church. Where? In Jerusalem. They got stuck in Jerusalem. They became insular and selfish. Church became all about them. The, the, the worship team, thank you, just sang a song. It's all about you, Jesus. They, they got caught up in Judaism. And today, many of us, uh, many of our churches are getting caught, caught up in Adventism. And so God says, okay, I've got to move them out. Because if they're not going to go willingly, if I don't allow them to be pushed out, if I don't allow persecution to come, they will stay in Jerusalem and the church will not grow. And so I'm going to allow persecution for the good of the church. Yes, people will be displaced. Yes, church as it had been, will no longer be. But guess what will happen when the church scatters? Guess what will happen when the church scatters? Now those who were scattered went around preaching. That's my sermon. And they, were not, they were not preaching before. There was no record of them preaching before apart from the apostles because they were too busy enjoying church in, in Jerusalem. They were too busy enjoying Sabbath school. They were too busy enjoying divine service. Come on now. But, but the question was, why didn't they go preaching before? Why weren't they spreading the gospel before? Why weren't they preaching a, a message of hope and salvation before? Why weren't they doing prison ministry before? God allowed the, the, the persecution on purpose that the church can begin to operate in its purpose. And the purpose was, don't just stay in Jerusalem. The purpose was, don't just stay in Isdak. The purpose was, don't just stay where you are. God didn't call them just to save all the Jews. But the message has to go to the Gentiles. The message has to go to Samaria. The message has to go to the entire world. And, and God is saying to us today, brothers and sisters, that the purpose of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Singapore is not just for us to come together one day a week and to have a good time. No, God's purpose is for us to impact our communities. communities. It's to make a difference in our neighborhoods and the whole of Singapore to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that God may have allowed a pandemic so that we can reconsider our purpose. So that we can reconsider how we are going about fulfilling the mission of the church. When persecution came, they finally scattered to the places that God said they would go. They did not go willingly, <laughs> but God allowed circumstances to transpire to push them out of their comfort zone. And I believe, brothers and sisters, that many of us will not move willingly 
where God wants us to go. And I'm, I'm a big culprit. Just like the early church, we need a push. God has to arrange circumstances to, to give us a push in the direction that he wants us to go. Isn't it amazing that God would allow, not persecution for us, not, not yet anyway, but a pandemic to, to, to get us out of our normal routine, to, to get us out of our rhythm, to get us out of our habits. Why? Because Jesus made a promise. And the promise says that the gospel of the kingdom needs to go throughout Singapore and throughout the world. And could it be that we've been so caught up in, in, in what we've always been doing, so caught up in the, in the routines of ministry, coming and showing up to a building and then leaving and doing nothing. And God is saying, I'm shutting down their normal services because I want to scatter you. And God is trying to scatter his people, not because he doesn't want us to fellowship, not because he doesn't want us to enjoy church, but he's trying to get us to walk into the very purpose that he's called us to. God is saying to his church, he's not cool. With our current comfortable condition. He, he's not cool with, with us doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result. He, God said he's not cool with it. Because I've, I've, I put a plan over your life. I put a purpose over your life so that you can be moving and oozing with the Holy Spirit. And so God says, I will do whatever it takes to push you out of your comfort zone and to get the church on assignment. I will allow persecution. I will allow a pandemic. I will allow sickness. I will allow some of you to lose your jobs. I will allow tragedy in your families. I will do whatever it takes for the church, for God's people to do what I have called it to do. So what is it that God is saying to us this morning? Just a couple of points and I will get out of your way. The first thing, is that God's vision for us is always bigger than what we can conceive. God's vision for the church and for your life is never small. It's greater than what we could ever imagine. It's, it's never just local. It's never just about our church. It's never just about your family. It's never just about you. But God was thinking bigger for the church, but the church could only see Jerusalem. God has so many plans for, for ESDAC, Pastor James. But he wants to get us to a place where it's no longer about our plans and our desires and our goals and our vision. But, but God is eager to get a people here at ESDAC who will be sold out for the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is eager to find people at ESDAC who when they wake up in the morning, the first thing that they do is not go to their phone, but the first thing they do is send up a prayer and ask God to use them today to be a blessing to someone else. God is eager to find people at ESDAC who say, Pastor James, I'm willing, I'm willing, Pastor James, to use me in whatever way you, you want to use me. I'm willing, Pastor James, to do whatever it takes so that we can fulfill the great commission that God has for us. God is eager. God is eager to find people at Esdak who will not see ministry as a program on Sabbath, but see it as a lifestyle every day. God's plans for us are always bigger than what we can conceive. You know, at the beginning of the year, I, I asked God, God, please enlarge my territory. Enlarge my ministry. And Pastor James, I was just expecting a few 
a few more, you know, preaching appointments here and there. But of course, due to the pandemic, my ministry has exploded. I can now preach all over the place and I don't even have to go to those places. God's vision for us, brothers and sisters, is never small. It's much bigger and greater than we could ever imagine. And God's vision for ESDAC is for hundreds, yay, thousands of lives in Singapore to be touched by your ministry. But the problem is, problem is, brothers and sisters, that our desire is to remain comfortable. And as long as we remain comfortable, we will never get to the places where God wants us to go unless he removes the comfort to get us on assignment. God is strategically moving in our lives. Nothing happens by accident, brothers and sisters, but by God's design and purpose. Second and final point is we need to be willing to be led instead of leading. You know, many of us, we like to be in control of things. But God has to sometimes make our lives uncomfortable to get us to move to where he wants us to go. God's got to make things uncomfortable so that we, we cannot stay where we are. God realizes that, that, that Tony will not go where God wants him to go unless he gives me a little push. God's got to give us a little push sometimes. He's got to allow some things to happen in our lives because we would not willingly go where he's trying to lead us. We need to praise God that we are not in control of our lives, brothers and sisters. Sometimes we think we are in control. Sometimes we think it's our money. Sometimes we think it's our children. Sometimes we think it's our health. Sometimes we think we are, we are the ones that got the job. Sometimes we think that we are the ones that woke ourselves up this morning. But when we are in control, brothers and sisters, we mess things up. When we are in control, we hurt people. When we are in control, we make wrong decisions. But God, when he is in control, even though things may be uncomfortable, even though I may be facing challenges in life, even though the future may be uncertain, the Bible says that all things are working together for the good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In closing, many of us feel the push of the Holy Spirit. Do you feel the push of the Holy Spirit in your life today? How many feel that God is, is, is calling you to reach out to someone? A family member, a, a work colleague, a, a neighbor, a friend. Church, this is time for ministry. It's not time to sit around and, and wait for the pandemic to pass. Ask yourself, is there, is there someone that you can bless? Is, is there someone that you can minister to? Use your computer. Use your phone. We've, we've got so many options for, to reach out to people like we've never reached out to them before. And God has given us the time and the space to take a, to take a break and to reach out to people in different ways. And God is saying, I'm not only looking at 2020, but I've got my eyes on 2021 and I can see what's going to happen years down the line. And I see the final events being rapid ones. I see Sunday laws being passed and persecution breaking out like in the early church. I see the time of trouble coming upon the church. I see what my church looks like in the present and it's not ready for what will come in the future. So I'm going to allow some stuff to come into your life, to push you out of your comfort zone. 
God says, I want to push you out for my purpose. I want to push you out for my glory. I want to push you out, says that, so you can be ready to prepare others for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. If God pushes you, that means he has a plan for you. If God pushes you, that means he will take care of you. If God pushes you, that means he will equip you to do whatever he has called you to do. And I believe that God has a plan for Esdak to, to emerge from this pandemic, a stronger church, a more committed church, a more dedicated church, a church that is not about entertainment, but evangelism, a church that is not about maintaining status quo, but a church that is focused on fulfilling the mission of Jesus Christ in Singapore. And where does it start? It starts with me. It starts with each one of us. May God bless us as we allow him to push us out of our comfort zones so that we can go to the next level of our ministry, so that we can go to the next level of our witness, so that we can go to the next level of our Christian experience, not only as individuals, but as a church. So that one day, and I'm looking forward to this, one day we will hear those words from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of thy Lord. Amen.